Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning and welcome to the show. It is Monday, November 21st. Uh, We are all a little bit bruised, a little bit battered this morning, obviously uh, in the wake of the Colorado mass shooting. Um, But once again, we are here because that's who we are. We are Channel Q. Uh, and and we, we wouldn't miss this uh, for anything. Uh, Michaela is out today, uh, but we do have Ryan Basham, one of our good good friends, filling in. You know him, you love him. He's here to uh, kind of kind of help us all process what happened this week. And how are you, Ryan? Uh, you know, I'm I'm I can say that I'm in a place where uh, I feel like we have so much room to grow in terms of feeling safe, mm. and I I think. We take for granted sometimes when we, f- we we take our eye off the ball sometimes and take for granted that maybe we are safer than we aren't as safe as we feel like. Mm-hmm. But um, when I'm in grief, I take action. And yeah. so so for me, this moment is about um, feeling what we feel, but turning it into something. So important. You know, I I this weekend we hosted our Friendsgiving on Saturday night and it was the first time we'd had our bridal party, our bridal party. It was not a bright. Listen to me. Listen, listen to the the, the heteronormative. I know you're you're going to be talking about gender reveals the moment I, yeah, you have a kid. I mean, our wedding party. Uh, it was the first time we'd gotten together with all of them since our wedding in June. So we were super excited to throw a friend's giving in our home. We had a table set for sixteen. We also really like low key wanted to reveal our large uh, portrait that we had printed on a canvas and framed in our living room of our wedding. It's stunning. Are there puppies in this photo? There's no puppies, but my puppy was there in a sweater. (laughs) He had two different Thanksgiving sweaters. So (laughs) we were so excited to give this to our friends, to like give them like a night of just like uh, of community and like love and to reveal our wedding photo, Mm, right? Yeah. And at the end of the night, this news comes in while we're all sort of like, the guests are trickling out and it's just like, again? Yeah. Like why why can't we just celebrate queer love and queer joy and just like live in that? Like it feels like it's so difficult. I was at the We're Here premiere Friday night and then this Saturday and then at the end of it this happened and it's just like and so I think that we're all sort of figuring out how we feel. I woke up yesterday within the first 10 minutes I'd done two, you know, radio interviews. Because, of course, what happens when something happens to queer people, they call us yeah. and they want to hear about it. Just like we're all guilty of, you know, if something happens to a trans you know, person, we call a trans person and say, hey, talk to us about this. If something happens to a person of color, we call a person of color and say, hey, talk to us about this. And yesterday it was us, right? Yeah. And so that was sort of the day. I did realize that, 
like this is part of me taking action, by the way, like being here at, you know, six in the morning on air talking about these things with you is, is a form of action, right? Absolutely. But what I did yesterday was I cleaned mm. and I realized this about myself as I sort of broke down midday and I started crying. I realized when I feel like everything is chaos, I just start cleaning and organizing like that character from Wally that just went behind everybody and like cleaned up everything all the time. Oh yeah. The little vacuum guy. Or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, it, it, that's that's kind of what I do. Yeah. And I did that for about a half a day yesterday, and then I said I need to take a nap. But first, I'm going to get myself a plate of stuffing and broccoli casserole and turkey. I'm going to go eat it because mm-hmm. these are my emotions right now. And then I want to take a nap, and I did. And my husband was in a bit of a mood yesterday too, and it was just one of those things where I think we're all collectively a bit traumatized right now. Um, and supposed to be trans day of remembrance and and here we are once again looking at you know members of our community shot and killed and 25 plus wounded i mean it's just wild yeah well i mean it's a stark reminder of why we have things like trans day of remembrance that part and also i know this is the time when a lot of people who don't want to deal with these stories yeah i notice the ones on my facebook family and friends back home or or people who just don't want to deal with this kind of stuff as soon as you, the moment you start to make it political, but I'm like, listen, I don't, I don't want to hear it. When we hear people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert and like these other like GOP MAGA Republicans talking Ron about Ron DeSantis, yes, yes, who could be running for president in two years, yeah, right. We yeah. hear the way they talk about our community constantly. Well, I mean, the the reality is, people pretend that there isn't a connection between rhetoric and violence, but we know for a fact that violent of people, course. whether they are mentally ill or not mm-hmm. take cues from rhetoric Amen. to identify who they're going to attack yes it's not so. about mental health exclusively mm-hmm. sometimes it is sometimes it isn't mm-hmm. a factor yep. but it's also about rhetoric it's what these people say and it's not a republican versus democrat thing for me it's a republican yeah. thing oh yeah like, yeah, it is a, like there is one party and one party party only who stands with our community yeah and it's not the republicans no and so that is something i want to be super crystal clear about today and that will be the lens uh that i'm going to be looking through as i as i dig into this and as we share these stories today and we we have a lot of guests on the show today um we've got um a member of the hrc calling in to talk about hateful rhetoric and how it connects to real world violence like you said we've got blossom c brown because we are still going to honor trans day remembrance and 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 just she's going to bring us like a little bit of love i think that's kind of what she does and i love her for that we've got richard fowler uh calling in uh from washington uh he's he is one of the one of the good ones on fox news who's always standing up for our rights and obviously we've got our marriage and family therapist james gay because i can't think of a more soothing voice on a day like today so stick around uh and just know that you have community here, and we are here. We're not going anywhere. We love you. And if you feel anything today, that is all okay. Mm, feel your uh, feels. So, just to recap, um, a gunman entered a Colorado Springs LGBTQ club and immediately began firing with a semi-automatic rifle Saturday, killing five people and injuring 25 Colorado Springs Police uh, Police Chief Adrian Vasquez praised at least two heroic people inside Club Q who he said confronted and fought with the suspect and were able to stop, stop the suspect from continuing to kill and harm others. Joshua was inside Club Q when the gunman entered. He ran and he hid. As I was dancing on the dance floor, um, I heard shots fired. I thought it was the music because um, there were no screams. There was no help, help, nothing like that. 
Um, then there were more shots. When I realized what was going on, I ran to the dressing room immediately. There was a customer that followed me, and there was a drag performer, uh, Delusional, who was in the dressing room. I made them lock the doors, and we got down on the ground and cut off the lights immediately. We heard everything. We heard more shots fired. We heard uh, the assailant being beat up by someone that I assumed that tackled him. We heard the police come in. We heard them yelling at him. We heard uh, them saying check certain people because they're critical. Um, we we heard everything, and all I can think about is just everything: friends, family, loved ones. Just going to a club and trying to just live your best life, and you have to hear something like that. Uh, I'm not going to say the suspected shooter's name because I don't think we need to. Um, but that is where we are. But we 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 are a strong community. We are going to grieve and heal and get back to work together. Um, but before we go, uh, why don't you give us a vibe of the day? Um, you know, I have a huge poster of Harvey Milk in my bedroom, and I look at it at times like these. And he said something. This is really short, but it's really profound. Hope will never be silent. That part. You know, when tragedy strikes, uh, we have a few organizations that always step forward, uh, one of them being GLAD. And we are so, so grateful for the work that they do. They are in Colorado now. Uh, and that includes Rich Ferrero, who's the chief communications officer at GLAD, uh, currently in Colorado Springs, joining us right now. Rich, thank you so much for being here. How are you? Um doing okay how, yep. how are you doing this morning <laughs> listen that is the best answer anybody can give right now it's it's rough yeah. it's a rough monday morning and yeah we just want you first and foremost to know that that we appreciate what you're doing and what glad is doing right now um and we just kind of want to know like what do we need to know how can we uh help those of us who are not on the ground in colorado currently great yeah um so um meeting with a few people who are at Club Q and then the owners of the venue and local leaders here, um, like the leaders of um, the LGBTQ youth group in Colorado Springs, um, which is called Inside Out. Um, the LGBTQ community here, like in so many cities around the country, we're beautiful, we're diverse, and they're strong as heck. They're united in the face of disgusting hate and in unimaginable loss. Um, so glad is here because the media has descended on this town. And in moments like this, when reporters are getting in front of LGBTQ people as the media organization in our movement, glad makes sure that that is handled in the, in the proper way and that all of the survivors and the victims, families and the local leaders feel supported to tell their story. So that's our role here, kind of behind the scenes, making sure that the media is covering the story fairly and accurately and speaking with the right voices. Um, what you can do is to, um, one, express help and support because all of the people in Colorado Springs, they're on social media. They're looking for that love and that affirmation that our community knows how to do best. And then two, um, a fund has been set up. It's called the Colorado Healing Fund. It's coloradohealingfund.org. And donations to that fund go directly to victims and their families to provide support over a broad range of the short-term needs for this week and then the longer-term needs to rebuild the community here. So Colorado Healing Fund is uh, the verified and the go-to for the organizations here on the ground. You know, um, I grew up in a small conservative town, and I think Colorado Springs is somehow, in some ways an analog for where I grew up. And so the, part of me wonders how much support the rest of the 
community in Colorado Springs, not the queer community, but the straight people, um, how much they're supporting uh, these folks. So what has your experience been so far with the larger community in Colorado Springs? You know, I'm, I'm hearing from the locals here that the entire city is standing united um, from their mayor on down. Um, there's a lot of outreach happening with people donating spaces for meetings that we all need to have, um, for press conferences that we all need to have. Everyone is stepping up and saying, how can I help, which is the way that it should be. Um, but the real way it should be is that we should never be in this position, right? And thinking about how we got to what happened on Saturday night and what's been happening in this country, it starts with these right-wing, awful Republican politicians who spread lies about our lives, say that we're threats to children, call us groomers, attack drag performers, and trans youth, introduce over 300 anti-LGBTQ bills in state houses across the country this year. Um, that rhetoric, and we just got through a really charged midterm election where that rhetoric was front and center, even here in Colorado, where Lauren Boebert um, is based. Um, that rhetoric goes on social media, spreads across social media like wildfire. We do a lot of work at GLAD to push Twitter and Meta and YouTube to remove content that is violent, remove content that is anti-LGBTQ hate that can spark violence in the real world because we've seen it happen time and again. And so many times those calls are met with an action from the social platforms. And then we see, so politicians, social media, and then we see what happens on Saturday night, which why we don't know the motive at this moment, we do know that anti-LGBTQ hate has been on the uptick this whole year, and um, we need to calm that down. We need to address that rhetoric and hold those who are moving it forward accountable. It's so it's so interesting that in a place like Colorado, where they have you know the nation's first openly gay governor, right, just mm. reelected, but then they also have Lauren Boebert, you know, in one of the districts, and right. it's it, it's a it's a it's a state that has experienced such loss due to gun yeah. violence. Um, right. What, what do you think it's going to take for people to be like, okay, this is not okay, regardless of whether or not it happened to our community or to another community. It's just not okay. It, is there anything that will move the needle in America? Well, and Colorado is open an open carry state as well. Um, and the age by gun is 18 here. Um, this was um, an assault rifle that has been used in so many mass shootings. I think Saturday night makes it clear, and it was already clear after Pulse, that gun reform is an LGBTQ issue. It's something that we as a community need to be pushing for, and we need to be supporting politicians who um, are going to move in the correct direction further mm -hmm. to get these assault weapons or make sure these assault weapons are not something that can enter an LGBTQ safe space ever. Rich Ferrero, we are so grateful for you and all the work that GLAD is doing, not just in Colorado Springs right now, but year round globally. Yeah. Um, we, we would not be the community we are without GLAD. So we are so grateful for you. I do want to remind our listeners one more time, if you want to give to, this is the official fund set up by GLAD uh, for the victims uh, in Colorado. It's coloradohealingfund.org. Uh, if you also are in Colorado and you are and you are just feeling the trauma and you you feel like you are in crisis, uh, the Colorado Crisis Service Hotline is one eight four 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 nine three talk. That is one eight four 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 nine three eight two two five. Rich Ferrero um, from Glad. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. You're just now joining us. We moments ago spoke with the communications director, uh, the chief communications officer at Glad. 
Uh, he is on the ground in Colorado Springs right now, uh, and they are they are handling media um, mm. media inquiries for yeah. people don't quite appreciate yeah. the the need for someone who handles communications in a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where all of a sudden there are a million questions coming from a million different places all over the world yeah. in a matter of a, you know minutes. Yeah, and and it's not like a, a, a club in a small town is going to no, have it, somebody who even knows how to handle that. This was the only gay club in Colorado Springs for many years. It, it's small. Yeah. You know, it's a small city. And mm-hmm. and when something like this, uh, you know, a sort of tragedy strikes, it, it's it's of course it brings us back to pulse and, mm-hmm. and brings up those feelings and those emotions. And I know a lot of us had... You know, I had friends who were at Pulse that night. I'd been to Pulse nightclub many times in Orlando. We used to go down for gay days every year. Yeah. And it was part of our, we'd go to Pulse, we'd go to Parliament House, we'd do all like the gay things, right? And and so this stirs up a lot of those really confusing emotions. Uh, and at a time when political rhetoric has been at such a high, we just finished up the midterms and Lauren Boebert in Colorado just won re-election, you know, a few days ago. And this was not her district, I don't believe, but nearby, very nearby. Yes, and this is this is a state that is run by a an openly gay governor, and so, but they have a very very, very tricky history when it comes to yes. gun violence and gun laws. Um, it's just fascinating, um, but thank God, Glad is there. Uh, we shared a, a crisis hotline with you moments ago. We also want to remind you that GLAD has set up an official fund for the victims, uh, and you can help uh, give what you can uh, to coloradohealingfund.org. That's $5. That's the cost of uh, a cup of coffee from Starbucks. You can maybe give that up for one day. If you have more to give, of course, that would be fantastic. Uh, anything you can do. But um, we got Ryan Basham here again. Uh, if you recognize that is not Michaela's voice to my left. Uh, it's our political expert, Ryan Basham. Uh, who can do more than just talk politics? Let's just say that. Thank you. No, no. Um, but from a political perspective, though, a state that is pretty leaning Democrat, a yeah. place like Colorado, where I, I I know that there will be some on the right who say, well, you got a Colorado governor and a gay governor. And look, and look. And yeah, still happens. No, you know, the thing is, um, the state may be a swing state, but that's because Denver and some suburbs, for the most part, carry... There, there are enough people in the Denver yeah. metro area to outweigh the Republican votes everywhere else in that, the state. Isn't that states across the country? If yes, you look absolutely. At a, a national map, it's pretty yeah. red. Yeah, Illinois is like that. Yeah. Um, there and and I think and in fact, um, people talk about Colorado Springs as the antithesis to Boulder, which is like a sort of suburb of Denver that's like the far, far, far left. You know, people there who only eat raw vegan all the time. Like this is, yeah. you know, and like then Colorado the, the, Springs is the counterbalance. We call them the tree huggers. Like yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The earth lovers. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, exactly. And and so, you know, Colorado Springs is, is deep red. Um, and, you know, it makes me think about the small town I grew up in and the one bar there um, mm. in that in that corner of the state, the one gay bar there. And, and it's not like they have... Mags, it's the, they don't have metal detectors. They don't have somebody patting you down when you come in. It, this no. can happen at any of our, yeah. you know. And and I didn't get on Facebook uh, until the end of the day yesterday because I was afraid mm. I was going to know somebody there. Um, and I don't know how many more times we have to go through this for um, for it to be 
no longer acceptable for Republicans to use members of our community as a wedge issue to say um, to to fight against gun reform. Um, all of these things happen. These things are all connected. Well, it's interesting that the communications uh, chief communications officer from GLAD, Rich Ferrero, who was just on the program, said that gun violence is an LGBTQ issue. Yes. I never heard somebody quite say it like that. And, yeah. and I think that we've spent so much time focused on marriage equality for so many years. And, and, and that has branched out, of course, to other, you know, members of our community and trans rights and all the, and these things are all very, very important. But gun violence is a pressing issue that nobody else is fixing. And when nobody else fixes things, who better than our community? Absolutely. We can, we can, we, we can come together. Yeah. When, you know, um, a good friend of mine, uh, was and I were talking about the difference between um, how the COVID outbreak outbreak and the monkeypox outbreak. Right. And she said, you know, if queer people had been running the response to COVID, it mm. would not have been a pandemic. And I, I think I, I gotta believe. I think listen, that's kind of true. You listen, know, we have our faults, but we've learned our lessons. Yes, and we know how to get together. And we have organizations like Glad, HRC, uh, so many others who who are always mm-hmm. on the front lines when we need them. We need. We know how to survive. Absolutely, we do. song so much listen i can't here's the thing so all morning long obviously we're going to be checking in on colorado springs talking to experts from glad at hrc uh people who are actually there in colorado and that is super important but also our community needs to not just mourn and take action but also continue spreading love and that's exactly what elton john did this weekend here in Los Angeles, Ryan Basham, what's popping? So, you know, I, this is kind of an end of an era. Elton John is wrapping up his no- North American leg of his tour. This past weekend, he did uh, three shows over four nights at Dodger Stadium. You might remember that uh, iconic uh, uh, moment at Dodger Stadium years and years ago when he performed there at the beginning of his career. So he, you know, closing out in a way his career there. Um, he says he's retiring. This is his last tour. I kind of suspect that. Um, He's going he's to he, share us? He's going to share us, yeah. yeah. I, I kind of hope he does. He says he's retiring so he can, to spend more time with his family, but I don't know. I don't know. He's such a performer. I saw him on the South Lawn of the White House a couple months ago. and That's wild. And he moves, not exactly like he did when he was younger, but he's still so alive on stage. It's hard for me to imagine that he is going to give that up for good. Well, he moves. He might move well, but his uh, sequin Dodgers outfit uh, this time was not an actual baseball uniform, but a robe. So he kind of brought that iconic look back, but the robe looks a little more comfortable, I assume. Yeah, but, uh, I kind of want one. Yeah. Maybe they'll do a limited edition merch situation. We uh, we did not watch this. It was uh, the final show. I believe our boss was there last night, actually, uh, aired live on Disney+. Plus. I wonder if they're going to put that on Disney+, Plus at some point. Just to, I mean, they have to. I yeah. mean, I... I to the best of my understanding, it's the first global live stream on Disney Plus. Oh wow! Yeah, so um, a big deal like that, I can't. I've got to imagine they're going to put it up, but they may not. Um, they might not do it right away. Yeah, they might make you wait a little bit. Yeah, and yeah Kind yeah. of like rework it and make it like clean yeah. it up, polish it up just a little bit. Yeah. Um, interesting. Disney Plus also the home to Dance with the Stars and Shangela, very much in the finale. 
Uh, I was hanging out with her the other night while Elton John was performing at Dodger Stadium. I was with Shangela, Bob, and Eureka. I want to talk about that later on in the show. Um, also, though, coming up in the next hour, uh, we're going to continue the conversation. We're keeping all eyes on Colorado Springs as we mourn the loss of five lives, 25-plus injured at Club Q in Colorado Springs. Coming up this hour, uh, in honor of yesterday's Nash, uh, Trans Day of Remembrance, though, we're going to be joined by Blossom C. Brown, who we love. Love Blossom. Door. Don't go anywhere. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Morning Beat, Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Coming up this hour on the show, we have uh, Blossom C. Brown uh, joining us. Uh, she's an activist, an astrologer, a life coach. Uh, and and a gem of a human being. And a gem of a human being. Joining us to talk about, uh, of course, uh, Trans Remembrance Day or Day of Remembrance, which sort of got brushed over because of the shooting in Colorado Springs. And so while we're going to continue talking about uh, the, the, the tragedy that is Colorado, she shares a different perspective. And I love that she always leads with love. And I think it's so important in times of trauma, in times of healing, uh, that we lead with love whenever possible and then get back to work, right? Um, so we're going to be talking to Blossom this hour. We've also got our political, uh, one of our political commentators, Richard Fowler, joining us. And he's really sort of been a voice uh, for uh, progressives and liberals on Fox News, you know, for quite a while and really, really making waves over there. And is going to be calling in to talk about the political impact of the Colorado Springs shooting. How does this uh, sort of like, does this have any impact on how Republicans have conversations publicly about our community Yeah. or not? Because this this happened not far from Lauren Boebert's district. Yeah. And we know how she feels about us. It's very clear. Ron DeSantis, we know how. Marjorie Taylor Greene, we know how they feel. Yeah. And they're, they're not the only ones, by the way. You know, we just um, the Senate just voted to codify marriage equality and only 13 Republicans voted with Democrats. Well, so, and they only did it because they were able to get a religious exception in it. Absolutely. Which is a, and, a, a subtle form of discrimination. And a handful of them, also a handful of them also not running for re-election. So yes. they won't be there. So it's easy for them to actually vote how they might truly feel. 
Although we shouldn't assume that most Republicans truly feel like they support us. That's true, but I feel, feel like there are more that do that won't because they're well, part of this party. Yeah, although with, with the current wave of Trumpism, I think a lot of those decent Republicans lost their primaries, too. Yeah, totally. You know? Well, I think a few of them stepped away, like 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 Rob Portman. Yeah. Like, not, like, not my guy, but mm-hmm. not the worst, yeah. right? And decided not to even run for re-election. And, and I think a lot of them are just tired of just sort of, like, fighting their own party over Trump. Yes, and and so so here we are. Um, but we've a, we have a really powerful hour coming up for you here on the morning beat. Um, as always, um, we are we are a safe space, mm. right? And just like Club Q was a safe space, um, but they're going through trauma right now in in Colorado Springs. So we are a place of conversation, and through conversation, hopefully we will find healing uh, and and answers uh, that will maybe lead to some action. Because that's what we need. We can't allow this to continue. Uh, we had, during our conversation with the communications officer from Glad, um, Rich Ferrero said, "You know, gun rights or gun gun violence actually is is an LGBTQ issue. Yes, like we need to look at it that way, and we can't just sit back and let our our community be attacked, literally, you know, murdered, and, and do nothing. And if and if there is a community who knows how to come together and get stuff done." Um, it's us. Yes. Because we're a little bit of everything mm-hmm. and a whole lot of love. Um, and and so we're a feisty bunch. We'll figure this out. Um, but in the meantime, we're going to be sending so much love to the people of Colorado Springs, to anyone who lost, um, you know, 25, five lives lost and 25 victims so far. And it's just, that's 30 human lives yeah. that are going to be impacted. Their families, their friends, their communities will be impacted forever. Yeah. And that's just unacceptable. Um, so we got to make sure we love on our community as much as we can today as we prepare to gather around the table and give thanks later this week. You know, um, something that sticks out in my mind is that part of why it wasn't worse is because two people tackled him. And mm-hmm. and this is and, and there's something about, you know, and, you know one of the 9-11 flights, um, you know, the one that didn't hit anything. Yes. That also happened because a gay man. That went down in Pennsylvania. Yeah, the one that went down in Pennsylvania, a gay man tackled them too. So, mm. you know, we we are fierce. But then we look at Uvalde. Where there are all sorts of officers standing there while kids mm-hmm. are being shot to death. Yes. Children. Yes. These guys with officers and body armor, yes. many of them, doing nothing. But we won't let nothing happen. We are scrappy. That's right. We make things happen that need to happen. Listen, so I believe in us. Listen, we have drag queens on our side. Yes. Like, they're strong. 100%. Drag queens or trans women. I mean, come on. Who, come on now. Who's stronger than a trans woman? You know, during uh, before uh, trans folks were allowed to serve in the military, I was like, are you serious? Yeah. Trans people are strong. No, they should be like Navy SEALs. Right? Come because on. Because they've been through everything. They're yes. They're strong of character, strong of heart, all yes. of it. <sighs> if only people knew how wonderful we are. Yeah. But we know. And until, we're getting there. Until they know, we're going to keep knowing. Um, This is interesting. Uh, Speaking of Thanksgiving right around the corner, don't look for Salvation Army bell ringers outside your local Macy's this holiday season. The department store company uh, didn't renew its contract with the Salvation Army, according to a a spokesperson. The Salvation Army, a conservative Christian organization, has been accused of anti-LGBTQ plus discrimination in its provision of services, something it has denied strongly. It also has stated it does not discriminate in employment. Macy's is an LGBTQ supportive company. It has a perfect 100 score on the Human Rights Campaign's Corporate Equality Index. That has always bothered me that they're out there for that exact reason. I know. It also bothers me that they lie and say that they're not discriminatory. I know. I do have friends that have worked for Macy's and they absolutely love them. I've worked for Macy's. I've done events for them, live events for them, and they take 
such great care of me. Yeah. It's just a wonderful company. Uh, so Thank you, Macy's. Kudos to them for catching up. Um, also, like I said, more this hour on the shooting in Colorado Springs. We've got Blossom C. Brown bringing some love and light to our program here in a little bit. Uh, but I will uh, tell you that across the country, uh, here's the weather forecast for today. 49 in Denver, a high of 45 in Cleveland, 52 in Dallas, 64 in Las Vegas, 63 in San Francisco, and a nice warm 75 in Palm Springs. And you, my friend, have a vibe for us. You know, that somebody I think about when awful things happen is Harvey Milk because he was so good at taking tragedy and putting it, making it purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and something he said that sticks with me often is, hope will never be silent. Mm. Short but powerful. You know, yesterday was Trans Day of Remembrance. And, and we were reminded on that day once again that our entire community is constantly under attack. And we have conversations so often on this show uh, about our trans sisters, especially our trans sisters of color, and how they oftentimes get left behind, mm. right? And in moments like this, we often, you know, look elsewhere for some sort of comfort. And one of the places we found comfort yesterday uh, is on the Twitter thread of one of our dear friends, uh, Coach Blossom C. Brown. She's an activist, an astrologer, a life coach, and a good friend of the show. Blossom is joining us now. Blossom, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Good morning. How are y'all? Listen, I love the energy. I love the love. It's, always, it's, it's, always upbeat with uh, Blossom. Yes. Ryan Basham, Aww. by the way, is here with us today, who's a big fan as well. Um, hi. Hi. But, so, of all of all the days, you wake mm-hmm. up, and, and we're supposed to be able to, you know, just honor our trans brothers and sisters mm-hmm. who we've lost, who have fought the good fight and, and made things a little bit better for each of us. And here we are faced with another shooting. Um, but you had a different take on your Twitter uh, and, and you talked about not comparing tragedies. Explain that, please. Yeah, um, I think I think it's really important to make room for how everyone is feeling, make room for these tragedies, because yesterday was very heavy. You know, we woke up yesterday, you know, planning to celebrate Transgender Day of Remembrance, and then we hear about this story. And we also lost a trans man within that massacre. Mm-hmm. Daniel Davis Aston uh, was a trans man or trans masculine person uh, that was killed. He was actually the bartender um, at Club Q. And so, you know, it's really important how intersectionality is. And from now on, this is going to be even more of a heavier day. And I think. Sometimes people feel like they have to choose between which one they feel like they have to bring more awareness to. And I think there's room for both. I think there's room to feel angry. I think there's room for us to be like, you know, it's time for us to heal collectively. Um, I think there's room for us to want to go fight for justice. I think there's room for some of us just to sit back, take care of ourselves first. Like, you know, I just, there's room for it all. And, you know, yesterday I, I wrote that post. You know, I, I wrote it, I rewrote it, I erased things because I didn't even know how to put those things into words, um, mm. to be quite honest, because it was just heavy. And, you know, our trans masculine uh, siblings are suffering, our trans femme siblings are suffering, non-binary siblings are suffering. So, you know, I just wanted to kind of put a, a message of light out there. Mm. I um. Uh, you know, you are such an eternal optimist, and yet you're also so Thank real, you. and I appreciate that. And I, Thank you. Of course. And, you know, something I, I would have wanted to ask you either way, um, you know, whether even if we had not had this fresh tra- tragedy is, you know, I think a lot of people who are not 
trans or super close to trans and non-binary folks in their lives want to acknowledge trans day remembrance in some way but aren't sure how. Um, what mm-hmm. would you say to somebody who wants to honor the day but isn't sure what that should look like for them? Yeah, I always say ask questions. Um, there's nothing wrong with asking questions, but ask them in a way that's not demeaning or offensive. Um, I always encourage people to kind of just like educate themselves outside of trans and non-binary folks teaching them. And honestly, just show up the best way you can. Show up the best way that you know how. I don't think there's a right or wrong way to show up. Um, Everybody is not perfect. People have to make mistakes when they're first learning about our experience. And I think there should be grace and compassion on self. Um, for you wanting to show up. Um, and that's what I always want to encourage our accomplices. I don't like to say allies because I believe anybody can say they're an ally and not actually show up for us. Mm-hmm. But when you become that accomplice, you, you're always on the front lines with us. We know that you have something to lose just like us. You're willing to elevate your resource, your access to make sure that our community is heard and seen and that we're not forgotten. And so I just honestly think that, you know, giving yourself love, grace and compassion and just you know, showing up for trans-led organizations, I think, is a great way to start. Um, learning about the local organizations, I'm sorry, the local or grassroots organizations um, that are maybe in your community that service trans and non-binary folks, and then just begin to build a relationship from there. I love that. Blossom, you said a moment ago that Trans Day of Remembrance will, will hold a different meaning for you now moving forward mm-hmm. due to this tragedy. And I mm-hmm. think back to the Pulse nightclub shooting that took place on my yeah. little sister's birthday. June 12th and so Mm. every single year we celebrate her I also sort of have this like pit in in my stomach of this feeling of like sadness right Mm -hmm. and and what what I think is so important that we the rest of the world sees right it's easy to think oh these poor queer people these poor trans women these poor Mm -hmm. trans men these poor downtrodden blah 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 right because historically Mm -hmm. those have been the stories that have been told about us especially trans women on on Mm -hmm. camera and so how do you in spite of it all in spite of all the hatred and unfortunately the loss that so many of us have experienced in our community in spite of that all how do you how do you retain that optimism you know what um i was at a t-door event in the city of west hollywood because i served on the transgender advisory board there and one of my good sisters said blossom you work every day it's okay to take a day off and Mm. just sit in your feelings. And when she told me that, that really stuck with me because, you know, yesterday I was too busy trying to decide if I wanted to be more of like that activist that's angry and that's upset or be more of that healer, that spiritual person that I am. And so, you know, I found a way to make room for both, but I also just allowed myself to sit in those feelings. And sometimes, like I, you know, like I was just saying, you have to take care of yourself before you take care of other people. And sometimes when you don't take care of yourself, you don't realize how things deeply affect you until you bring conscious awareness to it. And so um, optimism is very, very important because I believe our community is so resilient and so powerful. Um, But I also cannot ignore the actual events that occurring. And we know we're starting, it's starting at the top. You know, people want to make sure that people are not doing what they're supposed to be doing as far as making sure that gun access is not reached into the hands of people that could be detrimental like this 22 year old. And, you know, it just trickles all the way down. And that's why it's so important that we as trans and non-binary folks get into positions of power in government 
and all of these other areas. And Th- so that part. I'm just optimistic about that. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, you know as well as I do, we have more LGBTQ plus representation in our governments across the country yeah. than we ever had. We're, we're not close. Yeah. So we're getting better. Yeah, we're getting better. We're, we're getting much better. Absolutely. Slowly but surely. Blossom C. Brown, we love and adore you. Uh, make sure you go follow Blossom on Instagram. I just did. I don't know how I did it until now. I'm sorry for that. Yeah, but, I got to find you. I got to okay. find you. Okay. <laughs> you go look at those recent recent followers, and I'm going to be listed at the top of that list. But uh, thank you so much okay. for your love <laughs> and heart you. and all of your work. Thank y'all for having me, and y'all have a safe, great day. You too. You too. Let's get political for a moment, shall we? Because this yes. uh, this tragedy in Colorado Springs, in my viewpoint, is very political. Oh, it 100% in is. In a place like yeah. Colorado, uh, some people look there and they say, well, there's a gay governor, right? Well, yeah. there's also a Lauren Boebert right down the road. This and- is an example of, you know, in Florida, they're trying to make it so you can't talk about discrimination mm-hmm. as a current like as a present tense thing in in public schools. Well, Lauren Boebert did say the news out of Colorado Springs is absolutely awful. This morning, the victims and their families are in my prayers. AOC had thoughts, and she says, uh, you don't get to thoughts and prayers your way out of this. Look inward and change. Mm. She's not the only one. Uh, And we're joined now by our political expert, Richard Fowler, who has been a voice for the progressive movement in our community on Fox News, where maybe that voice isn't always fully welcomed. uh, (laughs) But he stands there proud every single day and fights the good fight. Richard, how are you? I'm good. How are y'all? We're, we're we've been better, um, but it's important that we take these emotions of the weekend and and turn them into conversation and turn them into action. And that's really where our focus is right now. It's hard to to look at what happened in Colorado Springs and not look at it politically, because you know I, I'm not one to say there's one party that is right and one party that is wrong. However, there is only one party that supports our community. It is, certainly is not the Republican Party. Um, so, politically speaking, uh, does this move the needle at all? Does it change the conversation? Um, I mean, that's a good question. I think we're going to have to wait to find the answer out. First, my heart goes out to those five families, as well as everybody else who's, you know, dreams, hopes, passions of having a safe place to just be was dashed uh, against a rock in Colorado Springs this weekend. And as we think about this sort of, as you think about this, where we sort of are in the Congress, we are at a, we currently are in a lame duck Congress, which means this is the Congress before the Republicans get the gavel. And what's currently moving is a bill that would codify marriage equality throughout the country. So you wouldn't have, you know, challenges to it in the Supreme Court, or you wouldn't have people's marriage invalidated. It's being moved by the first, one of the first openly black gay members of the United States House of Representatives, Mondaire Jones, and Chairman of the Judiciary Committee, Jerry Nadler. It, it's very likely that it will pass the House and will end up on the president's desk, um, which is very, which is a good thing, but it just shows how much work we have left to do. And, you know, Hillary Clinton a couple years ago, when she was running for president, that's something I think, and it's very fitting today. You can write as many policies as you like, um, and that's a good thing. But it's the work that we really need to be done now more than ever is you've got to change hearts and minds. And, and I mean, I think when you when you talk about the Lauren Boebert comment, you sort of speak to that, right? Because she can say thoughts and prayers today, and then tomorrow she can tweet out something that's anti-trans, that's anti-LGBTQIA, and get away with it. Mm. 
You know, I just, I, I appreciate that you spend time on Fox News because I feel like you're fighting the good fight. But I also, I've got to wonder, what is it actually going to take for people, conservative leaders to own that they're part of the problem and, and actually lead the change? Because these leaders are the people who change the hearts and minds in some ways. They affect the hearts and minds of rank and file conservative people. When are they actually going to be on our side? Look, I wish I had a, I wish I had a crystal ball and I could look into it and give you a time and a date. I can't. Um, here's what I, I can say. I think the more and more we begin to have these conversations um, and the more and more we begin to live our lives out loud, bravely, uh, slowly but surely, let's be very clear, it's moving the needle. And I know every time we see one of these tragedies, we think we haven't made progress. But we've made a lot of progress. Even in my lifetime, and I turned 36 in January, even in my lifetime, I remember my lifetime, Ellen DeGeneres came out on her show and the world sort of stopped. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, openly black LGBTQ members in the Congress. We have a LGBTQ transportation secretary. And the more and more we keep, not necessarily, well, the more we push the needle. Now, I don't, I don't, I don't mean pushing the needle by doing extraordinary things. Pushing the needle by just being who we are in open spaces um, it makes a world of difference. I got to tell you, in June, I got a chance to sit down and interview the founder, one of the founders of Black Gay Pride, Ernest Hopkins. Um, and Black Gay Pride was founded in 1991. And he said this to me. He said, in 1991, a lot of folks who came to Black Gay Pride, a lot of the federal employees were afraid to show up because they thought if they showed up, they would lose everything. And so to know that he did that in 1921 and this year in our nation's capital at Black Gay Pride, we had 40,000 people in the city and in, in the nation's capital tells you how much progress we've made. It doesn't mean that we're still not going to encounter hate or we're going to encounter closed minded people. It means that slowly but surely we're moving the needle. Have you seen before we let you go? I know you've got a very busy day, Richard, um, as an openly gay black man on air going toe-to-toe with conservatives left and right on Fox News. Um, I think a lot of times we just think of Fox News or any of these news organizations as like the four or five people whose faces we see, and that's it. But behind the scenes, I know there are entire teams of people working so day in and day out to make these shows happen. Have you seen the conversations behind the scenes change? Have you seen the interaction with you change? Have people's hearts changed just simply by knowing you as an out-proud gay black man on a network that's very conservative. Have you seen that change take place? Oh, absolutely. And look, like I said, there's work to be done. There's no question. When somebody can walk into one of our safe places and decide they're going to make it unsafe, um, it, it is, it's, it's, it's disgusting. It's sad. Um, but for me, it gives me more motivation to keep fighting because every day, not only me, every day they hear you, AJ, every day they hear you, Ryan, Every day they hear us and they see us, we change another heart and we change another mind. And I know not, it's not consolation for the fact that we lost five of our own this weekend. But what it does say is that slowly but surely we're making this world safer for the young people that come behind us that are braver and bolder mm. than we are. Mm. Uh, and I say that because, I mean, I came out at 25 and now you see these young people who are 
and I, I call them young people, and I'm not that old, but they kind of coming out at 10, 11, and 12, and yeah. they're doing it in brave and bold ways. And yeah. I think we have our we have an obligation to make sure that our shoulders are strong enough for them to stand on, because we stand on the shoulders of folks like Bayard Rustin and others that came before us, mm. Marsha P. Johnson, that stood up when the world told them to sit down. Mm. So good. Richard Fowler, uh, we always appreciate you. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and uh, perspective with us this morning. Y'all have a good one. You too. Uh, Break My Soul, funny enough, was the uh, was premiered, literally debuted uh, at the conclusion of my wedding. Oh, reception. really? Yeah, the moment my wedding reception ended, 11 o'clock uh, p.m. Cancun time, was 12 o'clock Eastern, and we added that song at the end of our wedding, and we also opened our wedding to uh, Beyonce as well. So That's amazing. Kind of an iconic night. And then her team reached out because they wanted to use the video. Duh. Duh. I was also, like, Obvi. I know, but they never did. I don't know where it went. <gasps> Le gasp. But Beyonce has seen me. Of course she has. She's an icon. How could she miss you? Speaking, You're like 5'15". Five 5'15". Foot 15. I, I, five foot 15. Uh, speaking of icons, what would that translate to? That'd be 6'3". No, I'm actually taller than that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my husband's 6'3". <laughs> um, all morning long, we are, we are speaking with... Um, Friends of the show, uh, political experts, commentators, those on the ground uh, from GLAD and HRC in Colorado Springs. We're going to keep you updated, having really powerful conversations all morning long. So if you're hurting, we understand. Um, so are we. Um, hang in there with us. You have a safe space here at The Morning Beat, as always. Uh, we do want to like give some shine, though, to some good mm. things happening in our community. And you have a, a positive story for us and what's popping. Yeah, you know, um, so... I don't know about you, but I'm a huge fan of We're Here on HBO. So good. Um, and season three is debuting the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, this Friday. Which is wild. Uh, but, you know, I mean, that's something you can watch with your family at home. Because what they do is they go into small towns. Sure. This is not totally unrelated to what's happening in our world. Nope. They go into small towns and they basically give incredible drag makeovers to folks. And many of these people are people who are anti-LGBTQ and then that's you know changes the hearts. I remember an episode, I think in season two, where they go to a town where a gay man's mom was like discrimination isn't that bad against lgbtq people and she really didn't get it Mm -hmm. until she was you know three quarters of the way through her whole makeover process Mm -hmm. and hearing the stories of what uh these folks that you know the queens that host the show were going through and the people around them um she cried and i was like i need more people to get it like that well i will tell you this i was at the season three premiere on friday night with my husband we went to season two's premiere last year and we were you know fortunate enough to be invited back Bob and Shangela and Eureka and all the other queens were there, and it was amazing, right? And they talked about, though, how season three really takes a political pivot mm. and how the world is, our country is so different right now. And 24 hours before the shooting in, in Colorado Springs, unbeknownst to any of us there, we watched the season two or season three, episode two, and there wasn't a dry eye in the theater. Yeah. There's the LGBT Center here in West Hollywood. And, um, it was such a powerful episode. And looking back, it's almost eerie to me that that's the episode they showed us. And then the shooting happened one night later. And so I think shows like this are more important than ever. Uh, it's important that people see us. Yes. And also see like how beautiful and diverse our community is. And there aren't three better representatives than Bob, Eureka, and Shangela. Absolutely. Like they're all just incredible human beings individually, by the way. Vote for Shangela. She's in the finals of Dancing with the Stars. Yes. Spoiler alert. But, um, yeah. Well, and you know, the, the show is called We're Here, and I think people go, oh, yes, they're coming to town saying we're here. But what what they're also saying is, no, we're here. Yeah. We exist. Mm-hmm. We are real. Yep. And we're not going anywhere. Sure not. So, you know, 
Watch the show. Yeah, tune in Friday with your family after uh, uh, eat some leftovers and get the family to uncomfortably watch oh, We're yes. Here on HBO Max together. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Coming up this hour on the show in about 10 minutes, we're joined by our good friend, marriage and family therapist, James Gay, uh, as we're all reeling from the tragic events of this weekend in Colorado Springs. Uh, we've been talking to experts all morning long. If you missed any of those conversations, make sure you head over to wearechannelq.com after we go off the air. Uh, we've had conversations with our political expert uh, and a strong ally over at Fox News. Uh, he's actually a member of our community. That's how strong of an ally he is. We've also had the communications director from GLAAD join us this morning. It was a very powerful conversation. Blossom C. Brown, trans activist, uh, talked about the importance of Trans Remember- Day of Remembrance and how it will forever be changed because of this event in Colorado. Um, and for those of you who are feeling a little bit lost, a little bit confused, maybe a little bit angry, uh, know that all of those feelings are real and valid. And we are right there with you. I'm joined today by Ryan Basham, our good friend. Michaela is out. Um, but uh, bringing a different perspective to the show than maybe she might have. And, and, and all perspectives are okay is the point. Mm-hmm. And all emotions are okay. Um, but if you need help working through some of those emotions, like I said, uh, marriage and family therapist James Gay. Joining us here on The Morning Beat in just a matter of moments. So make sure you stick around for that. Um, we also have... Uh, Another gentleman joining us a little bit later on, uh, talking about how hateful rhetoric connects to real-world violence. Uh, a lot of people are pointing fingers right now, and a lot of them are being pointed to certain Republicans, uh, Lauren Boebert being one of them, right down the road from Colorado Springs, and sending very mixed messages. On one hand, you know, constantly denouncing our community, then saying she's sending thoughts and prayers, and this needs to end well. A lot of people feel like it kind of began, some of this began with you and this, these sort of hateful comments that come from these super MAGA Republicans. And so how do we move on? How do we show a connection between them in a way that makes people's hearts and minds actually get what's happening, yeah. right, if they actually care? And I think by and large, most people do care. They just don't know what to believe. 
So we're going to continue having these conversations. It's who we are at Channel Q. It's, it's what we do here on The Morning Beat. Uh, so thank you so much for being a part of that and know that you are safe here and you are loved. Right now, I'm going to get straight to some news on The Beat. So in the wake of Saturday's mass shooting at the Queer Club Club Q in Colorado Springs, advocates point to the increased anti-LGBTQ rhetoric online and the numerous anti-LGBTQ plus bills drafted in recent months. Now in the wake of the massacre, this time at Club Q, authorities are trying to piece together a motive. However, some say one of the factors is clear, targeted online extremism and sto- uh, stochastic terrorism. LGBTQ plus communities have seen an increase in threats and acts of violence, largely because of a hateful discourse that falsely smeared members of the community as groomers and child sexual predators. Two accounts on Twitter targeting the communities uh, are gays against groomers and libs of TikTok. Both accounts strategically packaged messages to their followers, knowing that drawing attention to LGBTQ plus events will outrage and anger them. Former Assistant Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, author and analyst Juliet Kayem uh, warned in an interview with The Advocate last summer that accounts that engage in uh, these sorts of terrorism were rising and becoming more and more effective. Uh, There is a direct line, and we're going to make that connection here uh, in this hour. Uh, Up next, two of the five victims fatally shot in the Saturday mass shooting at the Club Q nightclub were bartenders Derek Rump, also a co-owner of the bar, and Daniel Aston. Tributes poured in for both men on social media. Local Colorado Springs digital creator and photographer uh, Amber Duffy, who alongside her husband Dustin were regulars at the club, posted on Facebook about both victims. In another post... Quote, my heart hurts for them, a local drag performer wrote, offering a tribute to Aston, a trans man who recently moved to Colorado Springs from his native Oklahoma. In response to the tragedy, the Colorado Springs police are hosting a community resource expo following the mass shooting. The department plans to offer support in navigating the variety of emotions surrounding this tragedy. Um, The uh, CSPD will be hosting community resource expos uh, today from 8 to 7. Uh, this is all in mountain time, by the way. Uh, tomorrow from 8 to 7 as well as Wednesday, all three days. Um, so there are resources out there for you. If you are struggling right now, you are not alone. Uh, it's a high of 49 in Denver today, 45 in Cleveland, 52 in Dallas, 64 in Las Vegas, 63 in San Francisco, 75 in Palm Springs. And from the late, great Harvey Milk, I believe you have a vibe for us, Ryan Basham. Yeah, uh, we talk a lot about in the last hour how important it is that our community gets elevated in public in the public view. And Harvey Milk was one of the first queer people to be elected into public office in the country. Mm-hmm. And he said, hope will never be silent. It sure will not, and either will we. We'll keep talking about all of these issues until they are fixed and we are healed. Uh, and that might seem daunting, but here to help make it a little bit easier is our marriage and family therapist, James Gay joining us next good morning beat channel q welcome back to the show all morning long we're having conversations uh we had one earlier with the head of communications for glad who is actually in colorado springs right now helping uh, the owners of the nightclub and and those affected by this tragedy uh handle the press and that is really something we don't think about a lot yeah but it's a huge lift Uh, because the press swarms any sort of tragedy like this and 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 the last thing people need to worry about is like 
how to handle that. Yeah. Uh, our mental health is sort of all over the place right now. We all have different emotions that vary between anger and just pure sadness, fear, despair. And here to help us work through some of that is our dear, dear friend. Uh, and there's no better person on the planet to help right now because he has the most soothing voice that you'll ever hear. It's our marriage and family therapist, James Gay. Uh, James, how are you? Uh, doing as well as can be expected given this situation, this traumatic event, for sure. Well, and that's and that is so interesting because I don't want to put the pressure on you. I want you to understand that this is a safe space for you as well uh, because we're all going through this. And my best friend is a therapist, and I remember kind of talking to her through the, the height of the pandemic and about how difficult it was on her. So as a therapist who is also a member of the community, like how yeah. do you how do you process this? How do you how do you approach a week of you know uh, sessions with clients who are going to be talking about this? Yeah, yeah, it's it's challenging because therapists are people too, right? We're human, and it's important to gauge our own sort of way of relating to this and making sure we we have the skills and the tool sets and the knowledge, but we got to apply them, right? <laughs> Otherwise, we can have vicarious trauma. You know, hearing everybody's experiences with this, relating to this, you know, seeing it on the news, we can experience compassion fatigue. So the healthcare providers that are intimately involved in helping people process this event need to pay attention to these things too mm, you know i i just yesterday our good good friend sophia uh she officiated our wedding back in june and she lives in miami now and she sent a private text to my husband and i just saying thinking of you guys and sending you so much love mm. and just the fact that she understands yeah deeply enough to even send that was the most thoughtful thing i received yesterday right yeah because it's not about me you know, but it is. It's about mm -hmm. all of us, really. Um, and as we approach Thanksgiving, you know, we found out this news at the end of our Friendsgiving where we were all yeah. celebrating love. And, and, and then we heard this tragic, tragic news coming from Colorado Springs. But mm -hmm. Thanksgiving is coming up this week in a few days. And I'm kind of curious to know your perspective on I'm always I've always been an advocate in my family for bringing up difficult conversations to get people to have them. Because I yeah. felt at least safe enough to do that, and I pushed the envelope a lot. But as we gather around the Thanksgiving table, are mm -hmm. these conversations that we should be bringing up? Do we mm -hmm. need to bring them up? Should we mm -hmm. avoid them? Like, how would you advise a client? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I'd advise us all to prioritize our mental, emotional, psychological health and well-being, right? So if we're in a place where we can handle those conversations, you know, despite the responses, if we have trustworthy, compassionate family and friends around us that can hold us and, and help us to process and heal, you know, it really is context dependent. It's perfectly fine and valid if you don't bring it up, if it's just, it's too much for you or, you know, the, the, the people that you're going to be around aren't going to be empathic or understanding. And it's also perfectly fine if you want to advocate, you know, and use this as an experience to talk about prejudice, discrimination, and how that impacts, you know, our lives and, and violence that occurs towards us. You know, um, as you're saying that, it, it makes me think about, you know, something that I benefit from, and I doubt I'm the only one, is is something really simple I can cling to is like, uh, this is this is an, something I can use to navigate. And so I wonder if you can share a, a tool that, that folks can use when these things are brought up and perhaps we don't know how to react, like, like AJ was talking about the text he just got, and also mm -hmm. something we can use 
when we're not sure how we feel or we need help processing? Just some quick tips that mm-hmm. I, you know, we can hold on to in our back pocket that we can have at the ready. Sure. Well, it's important to recognize that whatever immediate reactions we have to a traumatic experience like this um, is perfectly valid, right? It's, you know, it, 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 we can have negative responses. We can also have positive responses where, you know, there's greater determination or resolve, or we're feeling more involved or challenged or engaged, or we're connecting with our social support networks. But there are very common negative reactions as well that we need to pay attention to. So to not demonize those reactions, to not minimize or ignore, but to acknowledge them. And then ultimately, whatever our response is, um, you know, there's a variety of things that can help, you know, being in relationship with trustworthy others is one one of the most important things that we can do um, to connect, that. to feel a sense of community and care and love and compassion. Well, listen, you know, it can, we, tr- right? we trust you. And I wish we could talk to you all day long. We have so many mm-hmm. people calling in this morning. And these are all important yeah. conversations. Uh, marriage and family therapist, James Gay, go follow him on, on Instagram. You have really, really powerful content, very healing content. Somebody actually DM me the other day asking for your information because they were so moved by you. Um, so thank you so much for taking the time to, to chat with us today. You're very welcome. We're continuing having conversations all morning long uh, regarding the tragedy in Colorado Springs this weekend. It's becoming all too common to our community, but we are strong and we are resilient, uh, but we're not stupid. And we see a direct line between hateful rhetoric in our country, uh, sometimes coming from very high profile politicians, our former president being one of them, and and how that how that sort of manifests into these these horrific events. And here to help us uh, sort of have that conversation uh, on hateful rhetoric and how it connects to real world violence is a senior vice president of programs, research and training at the human rights campaign, Jay Brown. Jay, thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Um, I would say how I would say, how are you? But I feel like that just feels like an empty question. Um, So let's get right into it. Tragedy uh, at Club Q this weekend and people are reeling right now and our community is angry we're hurt we're scared um but there is a direct connection between rhetoric and these sorts of violent acts why don't you talk us through that a bit yeah well well, thank you so much and i appreciate your coverage uh I, i agree i wish we were not having this conversation and you know i i think uh it's really important for listeners to understand the context of of where we find ourselves Last year alone, there were 348 anti-LGBTQ bills across across the country, um, and 146 of those specifically targeted trans people, especially children. Um, we saw a, a, an extreme uh, rise in anti-LGBTQ slurs. We know that one in five hate crimes right now are against LGBTQ people, um, and, and it's in this context we find ourselves that uh, that this that this tragic, horrific uh, shooting in Colorado happened uh, just uh, two nights ago. And we we still have a lot to learn about the motive, but everything uh, that we are seeing uh, and everything that we know about the rhetoric that's out there t- today leads us all to believe, um, uh, you know, the worst uh, uh uh, about this, um, and 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 we'll find out uh, more. But but we know um, that the rhetoric gets out there, and that it leads 
it leads to real world harm and it's it extremely dangerous. You, you know, I, I something I really struggle with when things like this happen is people want to say we don't have a homophobia, transphobia problem. We have a mental health problem. They want to they want to, you know, we don't have a gun problem. We have a mental, mental health, health problem. problem. And so <laughs> I wonder what how do we get people, especially Republican politicians, which is something I think a lot about. How do we get people to appreciate and really understand that there is no diverting the reality here? The reality is that hateful rhetoric leads to violence. How do we get people who don't want to see that to see that? It's a good question, um, and I wish I had a, an answer because I think there's so much uh, division and polarization that's happening right now that it seems like some uh, don't even want to listen. Um, you know, I was extremely offended and frustrated by the the empty thoughts and prayers from um, people like Lauren Boebert and, and Ted Cruz uh, on, on Twitter uh, yesterday, um, and, and I, I, I find it just sort of to be sort of the the height of hypocrisy to say that they're worried about mental health when they also don't put any resources into mental health. Mm. I mean, I think the reality is they are stoking fear and anger. And for folks uh, all across this country, they deserve better from their elected officials and they deserve folks helping them with, with any challenges they have, not, not feeding misinformation, disinformation and, and, you know, weaponizing our lives. And, um, and I think that's, that's, that's the reality uh, of, of, you know, those, those, I mean, they're just preposterous. They don't do any actual work to help advance mental health uh, solutions for the country. Yeah, they make it, they make it so much worse for especially those in, in our community. And yeah. I, I'm kind of curious to know, you know, as uh, you are very much behind the scenes at HRC, like doing this work day in and day out, you know, with some really fantastic colleagues across the country and around the globe. And, and I, I'm kind of curious to know what those conversations are like. Is there a strategy shift? Uh, is there are there conversations about okay, what's working and what's not? And because it feels like I just, I get angry. I I get Michelle Obama wants us to go high. I get that. Mm-hmm. I I get angry. And there are so many Republicans across this country who just do not do not care about our lives at all. So are we trying to change them? Are we trying to change the next generation? Like, who are we actually trying to to win over? Well, I, that's a great question, and I, I, I mean, one one thing that is perhaps hopeful um, <laughs> uh, is is you know I, I think actually I'm gonna I'm gonna t- touch on two things. First, um, I, so I'm a trans man, a trans advocate. I've been doing advocacy around trans issues for a long time, and um, and the level of vitriol against trans people right now is is at an all time high. I've never seen anything like it. I've been doing this work for more than twenty years, and um, and they funneled millions and millions of dollars this last campaign cycle into anti trans ads uh, for politicians like Carrie Lake, um, for politicians in in Michigan. They all the lost. They, the majority of those candidates lost. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know that at the polls, this doesn't actually work. Um, so even if, you know, you don't care about the basic moral decency of, of what you're doing in, in attacking trans people uh, in election cycles or, or LGBTQ folks, it doesn't work. And we saw that same thing happen in 2016 when uh, Governor McCrory pushed a hateful law called HB2 and he lost his reelection. Um, and you know, I we we did have a, a year or two of of 
of uh, less rhetoric and less anti-LGBTQ lawmaking uh, in the wake of that. Um, so ho- hopefully, you know, I think we, we need to we need to keep reminding these these legislators that th- that these things don't work. The other uh, ray of hope, and this is a, a even a brighter ray of hope, I would say, is the future um, of of our of our country. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we are. Despite all of the challenges our community faces, we are more open, openly LGBTQ than ever before. Uh, you know, about 20 million people in the U.S. are identifying as LGBTQ, and 20% of, of Gen Z is identifying as LGBTQ. Uh, so, you know, this is not something that is going to be tolerated. It's not just the 20% who identify as LGBTQ, but the vast majority support LGBTQ rights. So yeah. um, this just is, is not going to be a long-term solution for any politician. Um, Jay, uh, Jay, I just want to say thank you. We have so many guests calling today for so many important conversations. (laughs) I do want to to specifically thank you, though, um, uh, for taking time, all the work you're doing at HRC, and also as a trans man, it's important to also remind our listeners that on the Trans Day of Remembrance, a trans man was shot and killed in that nightclub. And he was a bartender. His name was Daniel Aston. He was loved by his family and friends. Um, so I know I'm sure this brings up a lot of emotions for you, as it does yeah. for all of us, but in a different, more intimate way. And I just really appreciate you still taking the time to show up and to be here for us. Uh, send our love and our, our thanks to everybody doing the hard work at HRC. We do appreciate you. Well, well thank you so much. I appreciate you, AJ and Ryan, for having me on. And, and thank you for doing the work you're doing. Good Morning Beat. Channel Q. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. We just had a really powerful conversation uh, with an executive from HRC. If you missed that, make sure you head over to wearechannelq.com after the show. You can listen as a, as a podcast, share with your friends and family. Also, in our next hour, we're going to be talking to uh, GLAD's Richard Ferrero, who's on the ground in Colorado Springs right now, uh, helping those affected by this tragedy um, and deal with the, the onslaught of media that comes with something like this. Um, we also had a, a really great conversation with our marriage and family therapist this morning. Lots of really, really powerful content. If you are uh, unsure of how you feel, if you're angry, if you're hurting, if you're mourning, all of those all of those feelings are very valid and real. And James Gay is so great at really helping us uh, pinpoint how to, to take action and move forward. So get all of that content and more at wearechannelq.com. Once again, Ryan Basham joining us today. Michaela is out. Uh, I'm and, out too, but I'm also in. Listen, we're all, I'm out, honey. I've been out for 20-some years, and I'm very proud of that fact. Yes. And, and somebody who was also very out and proud uh, and was always one of those, you know, when, when things go wrong in the world, we look, we look towards our light, right, whoever that, that may be. And one of those people uh, was Leslie Jordan. Uh, and you have uh, an update for us and what's popping. You know, uh, this is near and dear to my heart because I'm from East Tennessee, so is mm-hmm. Leslie Jordan. Uh, feels like a, you know, a kindred spirit to me. So um, they just uh, a few days ago had a, a memorial uh, event for him in his hometown of Chattanooga at a place called the Soldiers and Sailors Memorial Auditorium. And I just love mm. that that his, you know, outro is at a place called <laughs> Soldiers, Soldiers and Sailors because yeah. that feels so on brand. Um, but tickets were $20 each and all the proceeds um, went to one of his favorite causes. And um, I just uh, want to read the first bit of something that Mayor of Chattanooga said. If Leslie were here to, with us today, I would want to thank him for his contributions to our culture throughout his acting career 
career, for getting us through the dark days of the pandemic with his wild sense of humor, and for always inviting us into his heart and his world, mm. which is so who he was. So, you know, another opportunity to celebrate him. I think um, I'm going to be celebrating him all, all holiday season by listening to him say, how y'all doing Just on his Instagram? listen. He was my neighbor for years. We lived in the same same apartment complex. No kidding. Uh, right down the street for a long time. And we used to hang out at the pool together. And he'd have me over to his apartment to hang out and uh, with his friends for dinner parties and things like that. And he was just a wonderful human being. And, and, and just a great example of somebody who overcomes tragedy. And, you know, we're going through one of those tragic moments as a community right now. And uh, we can look to his life as as a sort of a guiding light towards towards how we can all just heal and mm. find a little bit of love and laughter in the spite of it in spite of it all so leslie jordan you are missed uh ryan basham thank you so much for that story um back with more in just a moment Tell me something good. all right listen it's been a pretty heavy day and and of course these these conversations we've had about the another mass shooting in colorado springs and how it's impacting our community once again we are mm. We are the target of so much hate and vitriol, especially in recent years. It feels like it's gotten worse. Yeah. Um, it's important that we continue sharing love and light in the world, right? Yes. Who we are, we are resilient. And what better way to spread a little bit of love than by sharing a story about an Australian shepherd doodle or a shepherd, an Australian shepherd, not even a doodle, but this is a puppy. <laughs> uh, and its name is Ivy. So Lisa Kite uh, brought the Australian shepherd, pu- shepherd pup home 10 years ago. And knew from experience she'd uh, need to keep her working dog busy. These dogs like to work. And my vet always says a tired dog is a happy dog. So she's got to keep this dog occupied. Well, um, after Lisa taught Ivy to fetch drinks from a mini fridge and put coins in a piggy bank, a friend suggested Ivy, the dog, try painting. And she was a natural. This dog literally paints works of art Compared to Degas, they even puts a little paw in the bottom corner. This photo is the cutest thing in the world. Uh, there's a photo of the dog next to a painting wearing a beret and a scarf with a little paw down in the bottom right corner. Oh, my gosh. Like, look, I painted this. And the dog is smiling. That is ear adorable. To ear. If that doesn't make oh. you, I will say this. The other night, as news came in, we were at our friend's giving at our home. And as news came in of the shooting in Colorado Springs, we just got really sad. Yeah. And the moment we get sad, our dog just knows. Mm. Vanessa knows. She's, she dog sits him. He's a very empathetic, very compassionate little guy. Oh. And he came and laid on my chest. I posted actually on my Insta story. Go look at my Insta story now. It's adorable. He's laying in my arm. And that's like literally right after we found out what was going on. Oh. And he just, dogs just know. They're awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's why they call man's best friend. Yes. Well, what do you have for us? Uh, let me tell you about Grandma Cheryl. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> this woman. <laughs> is in her 70s and she has 13 grandkids. Wow. So she decided to embark upon a Marvel movie marathon oh, wow. and take notes. <sighs> so she's, and this is not like a, a thing that's just happening in her this house. Is like so she's three hour movies, too. They're yes. long. Yes. And there's more than one order you can watch them in release order or chronological or order. Chronological. It's a whole thing. I know. But, um, but so she's like her notes, like they've got a picture on this article of her notes. One of them's like, homecoming date Liz is the vulture's daughter. Like she went like oh beat gosh. by beat and to take notes so that she can have conversations with her grandkids because they're all Marvel fans. So instead of like rejecting their interests, like, you know, parents and grandparents often do she's like let me by myself watch all of these movies so i know what's going on so i can talk about it with my grandkids do we know how long that would take do we have a running vanessa Mm. look up how long would it take to watch every marvel movie 
That's Figure right. that out because I wonder. That's like, it's like a days long. Oh, hundred like percent. Yeah, I mean, my uh, roommate and I did it over the pandemic, but you know, we did one or two a night. Probably just one a night. Yeah. You know, occasionally we do two. How long, Vanessa? It says that's about 108 hours of Marmo movies, which no. is four and a half days. Wait, four and a half days straight? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's a couple weeks at least. you got to break that up for like oh, 100%. Three, three weeks probably minimum. Oh, yeah. Although people, as you age, don't you need less sleep? I don't know. I'm 42 and I take more naps than ever. So who knows? Uh, more power to you, though, Cheryl. Pretty awesome. Uh, do want to remind you, though, that later on today, uh, we've got Love Line with Dr. Chris Donahue talking mental health. Uh, surrounding these shootings, obviously, uh, not just in Colorado Springs, but it feels like we always are dealing with some sort of trauma. Uh, and he's going to be talking about LGBTQ plus fears uh, during Love Line. Do want to remind you, uh, thanks to all of our guests today, by the way, you know, fantastic work that they are doing and taking the time to speak with us here in the morning beat means so much. And, and GLAD's official fund set up for the victims of Colorado Springs, once again, is coloradohealingfund.org. Uh, love on somebody today, love on yourself if that's what you need. And we will be back tomorrow with more on The Morning Beat. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.